God is good. <clears throat> Isn't that almost a cliche uh, term that we use now? God is good, and somebody says all the time, all the time, God is good. Uh, but as I was getting ready, I kind of got sh- a short notice uh, this week that I would be uh, 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 preaching today. And so uh, it was late Monday afternoon, and so I was going to take, my plan was to take Tuesday and really sit down and pray over what God uh, had been speaking into my own life and how he would want me to uh, uh, convey that to you guys and, and jot notes down and starting to really pray over what I was going to speak about on Tuesday. But for some reason, I had forgotten that I had a dentist appointment Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. for a root canal. And so I don't know if any of you are big fans of root canals. I am not a, a big fan of root canals. Um, but um, I, I got the root canal, and then obviously I was going to come back to the office for some reason. I thought I'd go back to the office after a root canal. That didn't go as planned. I went back home and uh, picked my prescription up. And then as I got home and, and tried to uh, sit down and, and mellow out a little bit and deal with some pain, um, I really got my Bibles out, my study Bible, my laptop, and okay, God, I'm here at home alone. Um, I'm really in a lot of pain right now, and what do you want to to speak into my heart and to the heart of your people? And the only thing I kept coming back to was, it's all good. <clears throat> I don't know if I was on the prescription drugs, and I'm thinking about MC Hammer videos from back in the late 80s and early 90s, but all I'm thinking, it's all good. And I was like, really? So I'm, you know, literally couple hours before this, as I sat down to jot down these notes, I'm thinking, okay, there was a, I just paid a guy to, you know, just drill up in my, my face here. My, the, the side of my face feels like it's about to fall off. And Lord, all you are giving me is it's all good. Yes, Greg, it is all good. Much like me Tuesday when I started jotting down these notes, good is relative. That's what God started to speak into my own heart um, uh, based on my certain, those circumstances that I was in on Tuesday. We seem to think that, that good is relative. Um, our definition of good usually depends on a ton of var- variables. I was out in town yesterday, and I seen this pillow, a Christmas pillow, and it said, Dear Santa define good and I thought well that's exactly what we do as believers we try to define uh, what good is or we let the culture define our good or we let our circumstances define our good or we let a ton of variables it may be a a root canal uh, define what good is uh, for us so that's really all we're going to talk about today I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible we got a lot to talk about after the service as far as Christmas house and some other things going on and we want to give you time uh, to do that and sign up for those things and pick up pick up those forms so uh, let's dive in if you've got a Bible uh, turn to John three sixteen. I don't know if you've ever read that verse or not um, <clears throat> praise God brother <laughs> That's exactly the response I wanted. I didn't tell him to think about that. When I woke up, I got a new, let me, side note, I got a new phone this weekend. My old phone was about four or five years old, so I had to get a new phone. The other one's on the Blitz. 
Well, they got this crazy new witchcraft stuff now. You just set your new phone by the old phone, and somehow the new phone, you just scan the old phone, and it starts to transfer all the data and and settings and everything in it to this new phone, and it's all good. <clears throat> However, all the settings don't go over. <clears throat> One of those for me this morning was my alarm Volume didn't transfer over to my new settings. So, you know, for the last four years, I've had this ascending, sweet, harp-sounding alarm. You know, it's just beautiful. The harp starts playing. And it's so low, you can't even hear it. And within, you know, maybe 20 or 30 seconds, it just starts getting louder and louder. And then you hear it, and it's so calming. You just, you know, most of us hit snooze and do it again in about nine minutes. But that setting didn't go over, and my head's right beside the nightstand where my phone is, and so when my alarm goes off, it's whack, you know, it's still harps, but it's the, the, the sound level of a rock concert. And so as I was getting, coming in this morning, I was thinking these verses that we're studying today, for some of us, is just like Asher said, we've heard them a thousand times, and they've just gotten kind of quaint and mellow and, and almost comforting. But hopefully this morning, like when I prep this sermon and when I was writing these notes down, it'll jolt us and just remind us about what good looks like, how we should view good, and just give us another perspective on it. <clears throat> fill in this blank. Don't do that out loud, but fill in this blank. It's all good when blank. It's all good when blank. Now, there's several different answers. I mean, we could probably go around the room and every single person would have some type of different answer. A few that I jotted down as uh, I I meditated on that was my bank account is positive. It's all good if my bank account is positive. It's all good when my boss is in a great mood. Now, he's not here today, so I'd say that, right? And we're not recording this, so I'd say it a couple of times if I want to, but you get that. Sometimes I I used to work in all kinds of secular environments. You go into work one day and the boss man's in a bad mood, it's not going to be an all good day. If my spouse is in a great mood, my kids aren't acting like some thugs. Those of you who don't have kids yet or have younger kids, you will uh, appreciate that more as they get to the middle school age, and you've seen you, you've seen the caller ID pop up year after year after year, so-and-so elementary, so-and-so elementary, so-and-so middle school, so-and-so middle school. If my kids aren't acting like some thugs, it's a good day. Or my favorite sports team is undefeated. It's all good if my fa- Now, a lot of you have, haven't had to experience that in a long time. Some of us experience it almost every single year. But those are things that we define as believers as good days. Now, obviously, if these things are true in our life, then it also means when these things aren't happening, we think that day is not a good day. Carla and I usually, uh, the last words as we're leaving the home, I love you, all that, hope you have a good day. Hope you have a great day. Tell the kids, hey kids, hope you all have a good day. Well, how do we define that? What does that look like for us? 
We even do it in, in, in ministry. Man, it was a good day at the church house today. What do, we, what do we base that on? Numbers, professions of faith, baptisms. A lot of variables go into how we look at good. And that's what we want to focus on today. How can we view our lives as good despite the variables? In order to change our mindset, we first have to realize that God is good. Amen? God is good. Uh, everybody say, God is good. Hey, we're getting there. Hey, you sound a lot better than you did earlier. John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If there's any other scripture in the Bible that tells us that God is good, it is this. We'll read it again. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What a picture of God's goodness. He sacrificed his own son to have a relationship with me. The long laundry list of transgressions that I have, God sacrificed his own son so that I could possibly know him. That's how much he loves us. If that ain't good, I don't know what is. He is so good that he would go to those lengths to have a relationship with you and I. Just think uh, over your whole life, all these crazy things that we may have been a part of, all these transgressions against God that we uh, have been involved with, the times when we felt as if we were distant from him or just not even, we didn't even know him. Yet he would send his son to die on a cross so that we may have a relationship with him and know him and live with him eternally. That is good. My daughter, who's 23, she's been married for a couple of months now. Uh, she got married back in August. She lives down in Coleman. And um, her, at the, at the time, boyfriend, back up about a year or so before that, her boyfriend uh, called me. Uh, they had been dating for quite a while. He called me. Uh, one week and was wanting to have lunch at Cracker Barrel about halfway. We met at the uh, uh, Cracker Barrel down in Hartzell, and he wanted to have lunch. Now, they had been dating, and they're out of college, and, and they both, you know, pursuing careers and these things, and I'm like, I got a pretty idea, good idea where this is going. And so, obviously, I go to Cracker Barrel, and he, he gives me the spill. Man, he's a good kid. You know, if you have to judge, you know, who who asked for your daughter's hand in marriage, this guy would probably be on the top of the list. He's a pastor. Uh, he worked, He's on staff full-time at, at a church down in Coleman. He's good. He likes hunting. He's a man's man kind of guy. But I still wanted to punch him in the throat. I mean, he's wanting to marry my daughter. <clears throat> and he, he went to great lengths, especially in today's culture, to ask for my blessing, if you will. Can I, I, I want to ask your daughter to marry me. And as secularly, as much as he had to bring to the table, uh, the, these worldly views, as much as he had to bring to the table and uh, nice dinner at Cracker, come to think about it, I don't even think he paid for the dinner at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> he, he's not even bringing anything to the table. <clears throat> Yeah. 
in, in our human viewpoint, this was probably a, a good pitch, if you will, to have a relationship, an ongoing, to the end of our days, relationship with my daughter. But God went so much further than that. God went so much further than that. That's probably the only thing we can even comprehend on this earth that even looks like it. And, and God went so much further than that to want a relationship with us, to court us, if you will, that there is nothing else that explains good, that describes good than John three sixteen. He wants a relationship with you so bad that he would send his, send his son to pay for your transgressions that all you would have to do is believe in him and then you can know him for the rest of your days. There are tons and tons of verses that talk about God's goodness. Obviously, that is at the top of the list. I picked one more out. Psalm 145, 9 says, The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of his creation. God is good to everyone. You know why it says that? Because everyone will have the opportunity to respond to the gospel. Everyone has the opportunity to know him. Everyone has the opportunity to put their faith in Jesus. If you're sitting in here today, and maybe that's you, and you've never done that, every single person, you don't have to look a certain way, you don't have to come from a certain background, you don't have to be born in a certain place. All of those variables does not matter to God. That's how good he is. See, our friendship sometimes away on a lot of variables. Well, I don't really like them, <laughs> so I'm not going to kind of hang out with them. Or, well, they're kind of cool, but they're Auburn fans, so I don't know. <clears throat> it doesn't matter with God. It doesn't matter. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. Number one, God is good. Number two, if you love God, everything that happens in your life is good. I'm going to say that again, and I should get an amen. If you love God, everything that happens in your life is good. I got a couple. So that means maybe like you, like when I was prepping this message, and this guy has had a drill bit in my mouth, and, and God speaks this to me, and he's telling me it's all good, and he's talking about you're, you're basing your good on variables, you're ba- uh, basing your good on things going on in your life or how you're feeling or your emotions. He, he says, if you love me, everything that happens in your life is good. Greg, show me where it says that in Scripture, Romans eight twenty eight. We've read this verse over and over and over and over, but I read it for uh, fresh and anew this week. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now let's break this verse down a little bit. The first part says, and we know that God. Who's we? Us. Spirit-filled Believers, I know that God. You, if you, hey, that's you. You know that God. There may be people in here who who don't know this God, and so 
the, the thing that, that's really terrible about these things that I'm talking about today is if you don't know God, if you don't have a relationship with God, none of these things pertain to you. Because you don't know him, the things that, are, that, that this verse says does not pertain to you. Everything's not working together for your, your good because you don't know him. You're not a child of God. <clears throat> to be honest, if you don't know God, this may be as good as it gets for you. And think of the craziness of 2020. <laughs> Wouldn't you hate to know that this is, is this is, is my good is based on 2020. The variable and all the circumstances and all the craziness that, that 2020 has brought. If you don't know him, this is as good as it gets. This moment, this rut that you're in, this fear that you may be having, this anxiety, this depression, whatever those things are, if you don't know him, this is as good as it gets, but God has a much better and bigger plan. He wants you to have an it's all good mentality. Did God sacrifice his own son for you to live defeated? Did God sacrifice his own son for you to live defeated? No, he did not. If we know him, God did not sacrifice his own son for, for me to mope around, say, woe is me, I can't believe 2020, man, it's tough, it's root canal and all and everything. God didn't send his son to die on a cross for, for that, for that mentality in me. If we move on in that verse, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. We believers who love God. Think about yourself as a believer and that that's how Paul references us. Those who love God. Is that your testimony? Is that what your life looks like? Or is, hey, I'm a believer who loves sports, who loves politics. Would we be known as a believer who loves God. We believers know that God causes everything to work together for our own good. If you don't know God, again, then this doesn't apply to you. The, the great thing is you can know him right now. <laughs> Just call on the name of the Lord right now. You may be thinking again that, well, Greg, you're, you're, you're saying all these things, and if I'm not a believer, and then I, I just don't, that doesn't kind of mesh with me that, that God, that this is as good as it gets for me. And again, I will tell you, every person has the same opportunity to respond to God's calling and then experience his goodness. So if, you're, if you don't know him and you're not experienced the, the goodness that God offers, it's on you. You have that opportunity today. Yet some of us will probably walk out the door again. Maybe you know God and you've been in a rut. Maybe you know God and you've been struggling with something. God has called us. God has called us and he tells us everything is going uh, for your good. Everything I'm doing is for your good. We, we've got to leave some of those things at the altar. We've got to pray and say, God, take these things from me because they're, they're overwhelming. They're defeating me. And I know that if I'm walking with you, walking in your will, that everything is working together for my good, no matter what the outside circumstances say. 
Again, Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The last part of that verse is where it gets uh, tricky uh, for us as believers. It says, according to his purpose for us. That doesn't say according to our purpose or our wants or our desires. It says for his purpose for us, church, we're sitting here today. Whatever is going on in your life, if you if you have an intimate relationship with Him, you're walking with the Lord. Every single thing, every single thing is for your good. Do you believe that? I know that's hard to say at times when there when there's all kinds of crazy things going on in our lives. But God's Word tells us that. Now, I would like to say that not everything is good in and of itself. I think you would probably agree. Not everything is good in and of itself, but God uses everything for our good. So there are times when there's things that's going to happen that we view as, well, that's, that's not good. But you've got to understand that whatever that is, is happening for my good. As I was uh, sat down to study this week, I got, you know, Bibles and study Bibles and laptop and Google and commentaries and all these things. I came up uh, upon this story that this guy was telling, and uh, I assume it's a true story the way he, he told it. He said there was this volunteer who was going to go to the hospital uh, to do some volunteer work at the hospital. And he parks his car, and he gets out of the car, and he's walking across the street to, get into the, to go into the hospital to volunteer, and he gets hit by a car. Well, he gets hit by a car, he rolls up over the windshield and back over the back of the car, and it's, it's catastrophic. <clears throat> I mean, almost life-threatening accident. Of course, he's at the hospital. They wheel him into the hospital emergency room. They do these scans. He's got bleeding on his brain. Uh, do full body scans to make sure there's nothing going on on the inside. They come, uh, he, he, he overcomes the, the initial accident, and they tell him that while we were doing these scans, we find, found that you have cancer in one of your kidneys. <clears throat> a few weeks later, they do surgery, take the kidney out with the cancer. A few weeks later, he goes back to the doctor to get you know, a checkup, see if everything's good. He's good, clean bit, slate, clean bill of health. He's good to go. And the doctor tells him, if we had not caught this when we had, this is the most aggressive cancer there is. It spreads super fast. And had we not caught it when we caught it, I don't know how many more days you would have. Now, if we go back to the day that that incident happened, and I know that's crazy to think of these things, but that was not a good day. You know, his family members are probably praying, God, what's going on? God, why? This, this man's such a good heart. He's volunteering. Do, we hear this question all the time. I got this question on the porch about a couple of weeks ago. Somebody who's ministering to a friend, and the friend asks, why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? They probably ask the same things in this incident, but do you see? We see life one rail car at a time. God sees the whole train. And if it hadn't been for that accident, now you're probably thinking, well, if God is good, he probably could have figured out another way to do that. 
I don't know about you, but I'm pretty stubborn as far as health issues are concerned, and it may take a, a car running me over to get me somewhere. But you see the point of the story. That day, we viewed those things. His family, he, pro- he, he probably went, didn't even know what was going on, but views, viewed those things as a bad day. But really, looking back, it was a good day. The ultimate example of this is Jesus. What do we call the Friday that Jesus took his last breath on this earth? Good Friday. We call the the Friday before Easter Good Friday. Let's just think about that. It's Good Friday. Jesus is being humiliated in front of the crowds. Yet we call it Good Friday. Jesus has got a crown of thorns being pressed down on his head and blood's dripping off of his face, yet we call it a good Friday. He's being beat with a whip that has razor blades in it, and and every time they hit him and, and jerk it back, it jerks pieces of his skin out. Good. Friday, he is for, he's spit on, he's humiliated, he's forced to tote his own cross up to Calvary where they hang him on this cross, put a spear through his side, and he says, forgive them for they know not what they do before he took his last breath and we call it Good Friday. Now, if you were there on that day, and even just sitting here thinking about those things happening to our Lord and Savior, it probably stirs emotion in us. And his disciples, the ones hiding in the background, peeking around the trees and whatnot, probably didn't think it was a good Friday. Even Jesus himself was in anguish, yet we call it Good Friday, yet from a worldly perspective, it was everything but a Good Friday. What if we looked like Jesus on Good Friday? What if we did? What if our life resembles Jesus on Good Friday? That's the goal. That's the good. If you hadn't heard anything all morning, hear this. The good is for us to look more like Jesus. The good is for us to look more like Jesus on Good Friday. That we would be lined up in God's will for our life, no matter what's before us, no matter what's going on, no matter what our, our anguish is, no matter what kind of craziness is going, or going on, we would have faith that God is doing everything for our good. What if we endure the bad so that it could be called good? Jesus knew every single thing that was happening was for a greater good. And yet he prayed, God, if there's still, God, if there's any other way, please take this cup from me. God's been where you've been. God knows what you're going through. God knows where your heart's at. The things that are troubling us, what if we understand that these things are for the greater Good if they are to move us in a direction into a place that looks more like Jesus. That's the good.
There's nothing better God can do for us than make us look more like Jesus. So what is good? Dear Santa, define good. For us, his followers, it's to look more like him. It's not for me to be rich. It's not for my bank account to be in the positive. It's not for me to be happy. I have a family member who years ago was in, in just in some horrendous sin, a lifestyle of that. And we were having serious spiritual conversations, and they quoted, and I said, do you think you're, you're, the lifestyle you're living is sinful? And, and she said, yes. And I said, and you're going to continue living in that, in that lifestyle? And she said, God just wants me to be happy. I, I have never read that in Scripture. God wants you to be more like Jesus. From a worldly perspective, that may not mean that we're happy. God, uh, that, that doesn't mean that I have to be successful. What if we put our pride and in, in, in the things in front of us on the back burner and say, I want other people to look, look good. I, 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 want, I want other people to be in the limelight. God hadn't called me to be successful. He's called me to be more like Jesus He's not called me to be popular. There's a few young people in here. He's not called us to get thousands and thousands of followers. He's not called me to be popular. He's called me to be more like him. He's not called me to have a lot of friends. Those things are good. But he's called me to be more like Jesus. Do you understand that God is coordinating the universe for us to become more like Jesus? Wrap your mind around that this morning. God is coordinating the universe for you to look more like Jesus. That's it. That's the good. God wants to turn your mess into a message. Patrick and them are going to come up. We're going to have a time of invitation. God wants to turn your mess into a message. He wants to turn your test into a testimony. He wants to turn your trial into a triumph. If you feel like a victim today, he wants to make you a victor. He wants to make your misery a ministry. God wants to turn lost to found. I can testify to that. He wants to make average all good. If there's a a pandemic going on, I don't know if you've ever experienced a pandemic before. In the midst of a pandemic, it's all good. In the midst of political turmoil that makes your country look like a third world country, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. It's all good. Maybe you've lost your job. If you know God and you're walking with him, it's all good. Maybe you had a root canal. It's all good. Maybe it's lockdown. Maybe it's quarantine. Maybe it's a relationship that you're losing. If you're walking with Jesus, it's all good. Maybe your car's broke down. Maybe your central unit went out. Whatever the circumstance, no matter what the variable is, if you know God and you're walking with God, it's all good. If you know him or abiding in him, Walking in his will for your life, letting him lord over you, it's 
all good. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again for grace and mercy. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to come into this place today and to, uh, to serve you, to worship you, to hear from you, Father. We thank you, God, that you would give us a time of response now, Lord. And I would pray that if there is anybody in this house today that does not know you personally, that they would just make a step towards you, God. We've seen, God, what you've sacrificed. We've seen what you, uh, how good you are to us that you would sacrifice your own son to have a relationship with us, Lord. And so I pray, God, if there, again, if there's anybody here that does not know you, that they would make a step towards you today. God, I, I pray if we're in this house today and we know you and we've got things going on, maybe all this craziness of 2020 or politics or pandemic or health or jobs or relationships, finances, whatever it is, God. I pray that we would lay those things at the altar and know that you are using them for our good. Lord, I just pray that you would just draw us to you today, God. Let me move out of the way. Let Patrick and his team move out of the way. Let let the, the volunteers here just let you have your way, God. Father, again, we thank you that we could come into this place and worship you. We thank you for speaking to our hearts, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.